Disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist, counselor, or professional broadcaster. The following are stories from my life and personal experiences and are the property of me. There will be profanity, quite a fucking bit of it, so please keep that in mind along with adult themes and topics. Listener discretion is advised. I've always wanted to say that. Hi and welcome to episode 24 of Here She Comes, Confessions of a Retired Vibrator Seller. I'm your host with the most vibrators, Jasmine Aziz. As you may recall from the last episode, I was on a bridge sweating myself silly heading to what was supposed to be a monster-sized party of 40 women in Hamilton. My car was loaded with dildos and I was boldly trying to squash my fear of driving on a bridge to get to what I was imagining was going to be the best party ever. Little did I know that what was waiting for me on the other side of that bridge would raise my anger while heightening my purpose at the same time. Let's get back to the story. The bridge into Hamilton was as scary going down the other side as it was going up. As the road flattened before me and my shoulders came down from my ears, I began to take in the shocking difference the city skyline offered. It was my first time in Hamilton. The billows of smoke coming from the factory on either side of the bridge seemed to glow a neon shade of green, and the air smelled like it was toxic. The light of day had all but vanished on the other side of the bridge. I began to wonder if I had driven into some kind of alternate time portal. I rolled down the windows to make sure that the smell wafting from my radiators wasn't from my engine. There was a thick humidity to the air outside. It felt like a padded slap across my face, pushing the putrid stink of the water and fumes into the body of my car. I rolled up the window and wondered if the smell would latch itself on to the dildos. I followed Danielle's directions carefully. The tree-lined streets of suburban life transmuted into barren land as I navigated each right and left turn, per her instructions. I began to think I had taken a wrong turn when the last left I had to make landed me on the street where my hostess lived. I turned my car into a housing unit with row upon row of matching brown buildings that appeared to be stunted and poorly made. Patches of wood could be seen where roof shingles were missing. Broken lawn chairs on the small patches of dark brown grass lay haphazardly along the road and by the front doors. Some of the homes were missing shutters, and others had boarded-up windows where glass should be. A different kind of sweat started to spring under my arms. As I zigzagged around half-naked children running in the middle of the road, I eased to a stop in front of the home with the same number written on my sheet of paper. I triple-checked it before exiting my car. A few young boys, their pants hanging low around their hips, their gait defiantly slow, 
hovered in a circle for a moment by the car and then silently walked past. I put my cell phone in my hand, my purse under my arm, and walked to the front door without taking any products out of the car. The front door was wide open, the screen door closed, the mesh torn curling forward as though cautioning me to back up. I stepped over garbage and some broken toys on the path up to the door, peering in with caution and contemplating what Lammy would say when I came home early after deciding not to do the party at all. I pushed in the doorbell but heard nothing. I pushed it again, a bit more aggressively, and my finger poked through the thin plastic covering, snapping it in two. The little plastic pieces flew in several directions just as I saw my hostess come to the door. She was a slim black woman, her hair thinning and only moderately covered by a pink polka dot headband. She wore dark gray track pants and a soiled white t-shirt. She was on the phone when I arrived, her neck bent to one side, holding the receiver to her head, her hands full with a green plastic bowl filled with orange goo that she was stirring vigorously as she talked. She paused, stopping to stir as she kicked the door open with one foot. You be Jasmine, right? She asked, but it seemed as though she was still talking to the person on the other end of the line. There'll be a real shindig going down here. I'm gonna lose it on this here bastard. Um, Danielle? Are you talking to me or the person on the phone? She flung the spoon into the orange goo and used her free hand to cover the receiver. She shook her head and whispered, That be my baby daddy on the line. Effing fucker he is. Come in. Come in. I stepped into the foyer over a collection of children's shoes in complete disarray. There were coats and scarves strewn across the entrance. What looked like caked up dirt formed a trail from the linoleum tiles to the formerly white, now a troubled shade of gray carpet. I wanted to step out the moment my foot went over the doorframe, but she was dragging me in with one free hand and pushing bags and boots out of my way with her feet while shouting into the phone that was craned into her neck. She led me into the living room that was the size of one of the bedrooms in our two-bedroom apartment. The small one. The kitchen was attached to the small space separated only by saloon-style doors. I glanced in as I assessed the space and saw pots and pans on every counter, filling the sink, some even spilling onto the floor. Was she expecting that many guests that she had been cooking all day? I decided I would go ahead with the party, despite everything in my gut telling me to turn and run. There was hardly enough room to do my setup. I brought in my hockey bag full of display items, leaving the extra product bags and my lingerie basket in the trunk. Danielle cleared the coffee table for me and motioned with her eyes that I should set up. She continued to bark orders into the phone as I pulled out half of what was in my display items, unable to get more to fit on the tiny table. The mesh door swung open and her first guest tottered in. A plump woman in her late 50s, wearing a green and white velour tracksuit, her hair matted with grease, ambled in and stood in front of the table, staring at me as I pushed bottles closer together, trying to get my full display out. I smiled at her. She stared back blankly. What's your name? She stared at me. She clutched a plastic box full of strawberry marshmallows to her chest. I repeated my question. I'm Jasmine. What is your name? 
She pulled the lid off the container and stuffed three red marshmallows into her mouth. Fun fact, I said. My father used to love those. She shoved her hand into the box, grabbing a squishy bunch, and quietly extended them to me, her fingernails black under her jagged nails. I shook my head and politely declined. As though she was done entertaining me, she drew in a deep breath, smiled awkwardly, flashing several large gaps where teeth should be, and then chomped down on the handful of red blobs she had offered me. As she squeezed herself into the tiny space not covered by toys and clothes on the two-seater in Danielle's living room, I pulled out my cell phone to text Lammy. I started to write, Come get me, I've made a huge mistake, but deleted it before sending it. I snapped my phone shut. The only guest there chewed with her mouth open, her eyes firmly planted on me, clutching the plastic box of marshmallows close to her large bosom as though I might try to take it away from her. I pushed my head through the saloon doors as Danielle slopped the orange goo in the bowl into small ramekins. Where are your other guests? I asked. She turned, her head still bent to the side, the phone glued to her ear like it was surgically implanted there. They're coming! she said between the words. You bastard! You dirty bastard! I stared at her in disbelief. I looked over at the sole guest who smiled awkwardly at me again, her red tongue squeezed against the gap in her teeth. Just as I was about to take out my phone and text Lammy to come and get me, I heard the mesh screen door creak open. It didn't sound like 39 people coming in. It sounded more like one. I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quiver you, shiver you up. I heard the rustling of plastic bags and a heavy, slow, stomping sound. I waited, listening to Danielle only stop her tirade on the phone for a split second to say to the guest, Go on in, she's about to start now. An old lady, half bent over with a full head of whitish-blue hair, wearing what looked like a housecoat over her pajamas, wobbled toward the only other empty space on the small sofa. She threw cushions and school books down on the floor to make room for herself, and then carefully, and very, very slowly, she lowered herself to a seated position. Her breathing was labored as she expelled one long exhale when her butt hit the sofa. I stared at the two guests as they stared back at me. I pushed the kitchen saloon doors open and shouted at Danielle, Seriously, woman, where are your other guests? It's half past seven, and I said it would start at the stroke of seven exactly. Danielle covered the receiver of the phone with her hand. I don't know, right, where they be. Listen, doll, you start, and I'll keep an eye out for them. You go on now. You go on now. She then clanked some pots around and began to mutter in a decidedly more sexy tone of voice to the person still on the phone with her. I turned back to the two women. I immediately surmised there was no way I was going to do a full presentation. I took my place behind the coffee table, almost knocking down the tall canister as I tried to step over the books and cushions scattered everywhere. Listen, it looks like it's just going to be the three of us and the hostess, so I'll skip to the good stuff right away, okay? I recommend you take notes because I'm going to go fast and I mean super fast. Oh, wait now the old lady said, and reached into one of the plastic bags she was carrying under her arm. She fished around in it for almost five minutes before pulling out an off-white notepad with the word 
Avon written across the top of it. I took a deep breath. She looked up at me, and before I could open my mouth, she held up one wrinkled finger to get me to stop as she ransacked the bag for a pen. When she had herself sorted out, pen in hand, over the Avon pad, she nodded politely as though it were fine for me to start. Granny, are you okay over there? Can I start now? I said. She nodded again. I looked over at the marshmallow maiden who was also nodding for me to start. I opened my briefcase and handed them both paper menus with the product numbers written on them. The maiden tucked hers under the plastic bin of marshmallows that were already half gone. I sighed, knowing there was no sale to come from her. I gave in after waiting another ten minutes for Danielle to get off the phone. When I heard my hostess start to make moaning sounds on the phone from the corner of the kitchen, I figured she wasn't interested in anything I had to say, so I proceeded without her. I blazed through my presentation, making jokes that only I laughed at, and rushing through the product descriptions like the house was on fire and I had to finish before the flames reached me. About 15 minutes in, I started to get a sick kind of enjoyment out of making jokes at my own expense and teasing Granny about how old she was. She quietly smiled and scribbled notes onto the pad in her lap. At one point, I paused and looked directly at my oldest guest. Granny? Do you know what I mean by sexting? She nodded, but still didn't look up at me. What did you used to do back in the day before cell phones? Did you carve out sexy words on a stone tablet? Very funny, Jasmine, she said, wobbling her head as she licked her fingers to lift up the piece of paper and write on the back side of her notepad. For real, Granny, do you remember what a penis looks like? Have they changed since 1850? Oh, you're a real hoot she said and smiled. I reached over and squeezed her shoulder gently. She lifted a weathered hand to cover mine and I felt her warmth and love shoot out of her in the split second our flesh connected. I proceeded through the bath products and lubricants giving each item no more than one minute of attention. When it came time to go over the toys, I paused as I heard my hostess actually leave the kitchen, fumbling through the small hallway. I looked up at her and our eyes met. She had the phone on her other ear and motioned to me with her hands that she was going to go upstairs. From the look in her eye, I knew it wasn't to berate the person on the phone, but to fillet him with phone sex. I was too tired and dejected from the low turnout and the tension I had built up from the drive-in to fight the situation. I asked the marshmallow maiden and Granny if they needed a break before the toys. Granny said she wanted to pee, so I paused. It took her 25 minutes to come back from the bathroom before I could start again. The entire time she was gone, it was just me and my other guest staring quietly at each other while we waited. Go on now, dear. Granny is listening, she said as the sound of her bones cracked under her while she slowly lowered herself onto the sofa again. They weren't much of an audience, but I still say they were a rapt one. They didn't seem bothered by the occasional loud bursts of moans and groans from the hostess upstairs. Instead, I convinced myself they were actually very eager to hear what I had to say. You know, I started philosophizing at one point. Your sex life is your responsibility. I realize that more than ever. I can't put someone else in charge of how to please me. If I don't know what works for me, how can I expect anyone else to? My name is Nancy, I heard suddenly. My marshmallow maiden had a name. Why she thought to blurt it out in the middle of my sexual health speech, I'll never know. My name is Nancy, 
She repeated it several times. I smiled and said, Nice to meet you, Nancy. Nice to meet you, Jasmine, she said and smiled as though I was a rock idol acknowledging her from on top of the stage at a concert. Do you want a pencil to take notes? I asked her, knowing what her answer would be. She shook her head no and then opened the plastic bag that was next to the sofa beside her. I hadn't noticed her carrying it in and wasn't sure it belonged to her until I saw her pull a second plastic container of red marshmallows out of it. She tossed the empty container into the bag and then tore open the new one and started plowing through its contents without pausing at all. I had lost my train of thought and was for a brief moment completely at a loss for words. I could feel myself losing hope. So much for exceeding the $3,000 sales mark. I didn't think this party was even going to hit the $250 minimum required by the company. I had driven all the way to Hamilton for nothing. What's worse, I started to think that my car wouldn't even still be parked outside the house when I was done. Just as I was about to give up and skip the toys altogether, Granny's next words stopped me flat and sent a chill up my spine. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying my podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app and give me a review. Feel free to reach out to me via social media. I'm on Instagram, Jasmine underscore Aziz, on Twitter, at Jasmine Aziz, and on Facebook. Or you can email me, jasmine at jasmineaziz.com. Until next time, remember that the best part of life is love. So be sure to open your heart to it, because here she comes. I'm just a popcorn dreaming, gonna red and back the you up. I'm gonna shiver you, shake and quiver you, shiver you up.